What's up, everyone? Welcome to a new episode of Sixers Daily. I'm your host, Jazz Kang. An ugly outing for Philly in Washington. Really the opposite of what we've seen, especially on that Saturday game against Miami. I'll jump into that. Also some news on the James Harden front. We'll do that coming up later on in the podcast. But before I jump into things, don't forget, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. You can catch us anywhere you get your fix. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you name it, we are there. And of course, check us out at libertyballers.com. So the Sixers had been running pretty good, winning nine out of their last 10. We looked at this part of the schedule and said this is going to be an opportunity for them to make up some ground. They played the Washington Wizards here on MLK Day. Ended up with an ugly 117-98 loss. Joel Embiid did what Joel Embiid does. Literally single-handedly kept the Sixers in this game. He had 32 points and eight boards. Tyrese Maxey had 18 points. No other Sixer hit double figures in this one. The team shot just 40% from the field, 26.9% from deep. And watching this game, again, this is where we've got the good and the bad. And don't get me wrong, playing without Matisse Thybul, playing without Danny Green, is making it tough on a Sixer squad that just seems like it's been playing literally every second day, which is normal, but this is the third game. I don't even want to say in four nights because it was a two o'clock start and the Sixers coming off a back-to-back against Boston and, and Miami on Friday and Saturday. So not ideal conditions for this one, but really everything that's been wrong with the Sixers throughout the season kind of reared its ugly head in this game against Washington. The Sixers got off to a really slow start. They were down nine gave up 38 to the wizards in the opening quarter again not ideal still managed to have it with an eight going into the fourth but again they bookended it with a 15 point quarter that's what washington really was able to take advantage of and and kind of pull away in this one but you're starting to see some of the warts on the team and the good and the bad and unfortunately we haven't seen the sixers string together some really good games in in a, in a while now where they played good. And again, no team plays perfect for 48 minutes, but you're seeing that they're sustaining these, these games where even if they're losing, they're losing close ones. I mean, you saw the last, you know, close loss they had or the couple of last close losses they had. One was against Atlanta back on December the 23rd. That was a two point loss. And then you look around the rest of the schedule. I mean, a, a 19 point loss here to the wizards. They also had an 11 point loss to Charlotte on Wednesday. Again, uh, didn't play terribly the entire game, but, weren't really in it. And then the Hornets kind of had control of that contest all the way through. And looking back, I mean, you know, the loss at Golden State. And again, I'm going back to November here. They're not playing well in their losses. And and you're seeing that. I mean, it's been the same issues every time they're in a defeat, which is like Kyle Kuzma had 16 rebounds in this game. You know, no disrespect to him. He's he's a good player. Not great by any means, but you're letting this guy get 16 boards. And, you know, they were out-rebounded yet again in this one, 49-42 by the Wizards. So, Uh, Again, not optimal in terms of what we've seen from the Sixers in their losses. The offense stinks. The ball movement isn't there. There's not a lot of creativity. And nobody besides Joel, Tyrese Maxey, as I mentioned, had a nice offensive outing. Nobody really did anything on the offensive end. And we've seen how good the Sixers can be when George Niang is hitting shots coming off the bench. When they're getting a little bit of numbers from Andre Drummond in terms of points and rebounds when Ferk is able to hit shots and he's been inconsistent, but we've seen they can be a lot better. Seth Curry, really quiet in this game. He only had eight points on four or nine shooting. So again, these are some of the issues that the Sixers have had throughout the season. And I'm not going to really rag on them too much for losing this one, just because again, playing three games in basically four days, uh, missing a couple of key rotation guys as well. So you're shorthanded there. Uh, Not, a recipe for success. But again, in the bigger picture of things, they're 25 and 18. They got a couple of three very winnable games coming up this week. They get the magic on Wednesday. 
They're at home to the Clippers without Paul George on Friday. Then they're in San Antonio on Sunday before coming back home for games against New Orleans and the Lakers, as well as the Sacramento Kings before finishing the month on the 31st with a game against a tough squad in the Memphis Grizzlies. So looking at this right now, again, the Sixers not in a bad spot. If they can win four or five in a row here again, they'll be sitting pretty in the standings. And the NBA looking a lot like the NFL in terms of parity for once. <laughs> I mean, you remember the years of, oh, it's going to be Golden State and Cleveland in the final. I think we're a far away from that now. You look at the Bulls, they're on top of the East. They're a game up on Miami and Brooklyn. Cleveland, a surprise squad. They've won five in a row, 27 and 18, tied with the Bucks for fourth. And then you got the Sixers right in behind them, just a game behind both the Bucks and Cavs. So they're right there, despite having all the issues with the COVID absences, some bad luck with injuries. They've been able to sustain a decent standing at this point, still sitting a game and a half up in terms of being in the play-in standing. So again, the Sixers can take advantage of this. They play a ton of home games coming up. I believe it's 11 of their next 14 are going to be at Wells Fargo. So they're in a good spot here. And if they're able to, to get some consistency, and we've talked about it a lot, it seems like forever now this season is getting some support for Joel. And if they're able to have somebody come in and be able to produce next to him consistently on the offensive end, Tobias Harris averaging 18 points. Does he do it consistently that he's a, he's a threat to score, you know, 25, 26, any given night? No, he hasn't been able to. And I think that's what we're seeing in the losses is it's Joel Embiid and everyone else. But again, Daryl Morey has about three weeks left now till the trade deadline. It'll be interesting to see if a Ben Simmons trade doesn't commiserate. Does he look at maybe shipping off a future first round pick or two to try and bring in another vet, make some changes to the rotation in terms of adding some skill and some three and D wing athleticism to the bench. There are some options out there for him. I want to jump into a couple more things. One is about James Harden. We've got some news from NBA insider Mark Stein of the New York Times, one of the best in the business. And uh, we'll touch on some stuff surrounding Ben Simmons as well. Sam Amick of The Athletic, again, a very plugged in NBA insider. He joined Dan and Steve on the Gastroenteritis Blues podcast on Sunday. I'll have some thoughts on that. We'll do that after a short break. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, we are back. As I was mentioning, some interesting news from Mark Stein of the New York Times. He was referring to James Harden, who passed up on signing that extension that he could have with the Nets back in October and could hit the open market this summer. And I'm quoting here from Stein's newsletter that he does through Substack. It must be noted that there is enough noise circulating league-wide about Harden's reported openness to relocation this summer. That's very interesting because you look back at when Harden elected to pass up 
on signing that extension by October the 18th. And this is his quote. He just said, I don't have any plans of leaving the organization and the situation that we have. His focus, he said, honestly, is just focusing on the season and win the championship and the contract stuff. He'll deal with the summer. And you're looking at this. I mean, he had the opportunity to opt into a deal that would have paid him $47.4 million next season. It would have been a four-year deal worth up to $223 million uh, going into the summer. So, I mean, you're looking at that. That's an insane amount to pass up on. But we'll see what happens with, with Brooklyn. I mean, Kevin Durant now out four to six weeks with a knee injury. That seriously hurt the Nets in the standings at some point, especially when they play these tougher games that anticipate they'll drop a little bit. Kyrie Irving, obviously unable to play in home games due to his vaccination status. So looking at this, it, it could be interesting if Brooklyn does falter in the playoffs and things don't go well and, and they're not at least in the conference finals or the championship and they kind of go out in round two or something early, would that spawn James Harden to want to leave? Don't get me wrong. He's probably perfectly fine deferring to Kevin Durant, who's one of the greatest scorers of all time, but Harden's overall scoring numbers are down. He's at 22.7 points per game. Um, looking at what he's done for his career, and especially with the level he was at with the Rockets as an MVP, you know, I'm not saying that he would want to get back there right away. I think he'd prefer having help with, with teammates, and he has plenty of that in Brooklyn. But uh, it will be interesting to see how Harden plays this out. And, and we heard that last season, Daryl Morey had a potential deal in place that would have sent Ben Simmons and some other pieces to the Rockets in order to get James Harden. That deal ultimately fell through, which resulted in, in Harden joining up with Kyrie and, and KD in, in Brooklyn. So there's always going to be a little smoke to that fire because of Harden and Maury's past relationship with the Rockets. That team was very successful. Could never just get past the Warriors. Couldn't get into the final. Uh, gave them a run for their money a couple times, though, as well. So, you know, looking at this situation, it, if Maury elects to wait this out, which I wouldn't be surprised by either, just given what we've heard. So this is a quote from Ramona Shelburne surrounding what's going on with the Sixers trade talk. And she said, and I quote, I think the sense is if it takes the entire season to trade him, if it takes all year for the Sixers to find a trade that's acceptable for them, he's prepared for that. And I think that's the way Daryl has been throughout the season. And some people have looked at it and said, hey, is it worth wasting a year of Joel Embiid's prime? Is it worth, you know, not fulfilling at least the potential that this roster would have with an all-star caliber player in place of Ben Simmons, who obviously hasn't contributed nothing this, this entire season. The Sixers still, like I mentioned before, are right up there in the standing. So you're looking at this. I think the opportunity to keep Ben and maybe look at shipping him off in the summertime where you could get a better package, where you could look at saying, hey, is James Harden available? Would that would the Brooklyn Nets be interested in making that deal? Would he be interested in a sign-in trade? Is Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal, these guys that we've heard that the Sixers are big game hunting on, are they going to become available in the offseason? And if so, is that worth the short-term pain for the long-term gain of the franchise? Um, another thing to keep an eye on is the Tobias Harris stuff. And you look at what Tobias Harris and his contract, if they're able to move that out and they'd have to probably give up some juicy future assets as well as maybe a player like Matisse Thibel or a young guy like Tyrese Maxey, who I think at this point should be about as untouchable as it gets unless you're getting an all-star back from him. So there's a lot of things to look at here for how the Sixers are going to play this out. I think it'll definitely take some time. I think we're still, you know, three weeks away from the deadline, as I mentioned, which is coming up on February 10th. So if you're looking at that, I think we'll start to get more rumors as we get into the first week of February. It might even get some traction on potential, you know, rumors coming from guys like Woj and Shams who are telling us that, you know, this is what's happening behind the scenes, but maybe we don't get a deal done. And in that case, it's like, all right, there's no more excuses. The Sixers are going to be what they are. 
They're going to have to ride Joel Embiid as far as they can. Again, I don't know if they're better than a second round team and if they can compete with a Brooklyn or a Milwaukee, assuming those teams are at full health in the second round. So lots still to get settled through all this. Lots to keep our eye on as we get into February and get towards the deadline. So um, again, never a dull day in Sixers land. They'll be back on Wednesday, taking on the Orlando Magic. I'll be here with Jackson Frank, giving you the post game on that. And a deal will be coming up with the Out of Sight podcast coming up on Tuesday. Before we wrap things up, don't forget, subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. As I mentioned, Steve and Dan had Sam Amick of The Athletic on their podcast on Sunday. So definitely check that out. And of course, you can read everything Sixers related at LibertyBallers.com.